The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus and his disciples were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. Jesus answered him, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. This passage of Luke is so interesting to, to dissect because there are really three individuals being addressed here. It's three conversations kind of going on. The first is initiated by someone other than Jesus. This person just boldly, for whatever reason, maybe after having heard about who Jesus is, maybe hearing about some of the miracles, decides to say, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus doesn't come out and say, okay, great, love to have you. Doesn't also come out and say, no, you can't do that. But he gives him what we could consider um, a warning, perhaps, in an odd way, but still a warning, just Foxes have dens, birds have skies, son of man has nowhere to rest his head. So if you follow me, just realize you're not going to have the safety and the protection of home. You're actually going to have to leave those things behind because I don't have that. Okay, so the, the physical concern for that individual is kind of being brought to the light. And now Jesus, he goes to, he looks at another person and says, hey, you... I want you to follow me, which that's the crazy thing when you look at Jesus and, and his role in the, the Judeo-Christian historical reference, because in Judaism, rabbis would never have been going up to people and saying, I want you, I want you, I want you. It's actually quite the opposite. People would go to them and say, Master, teach me, let me follow you, right? So the first one is, is kind of following that classical Judaic path. When Jesus flips it on the head and he calls the disciples, he calls the apostles, that's, that's really cool. So the second one, he says, follow me. And that guy's got an immediate response. First, before I do that, I've got to take care of stuff at home. My dad just died. I got to do the funeral. Like, I got things to do. And Jesus' response again is kind of curt, let the dead bury their dead. Well, how are they supposed to do that, God? They're dead. The point is, there are bigger things at play here than even something as significant as caring for your family and, and like making that final part. But the, the point about that one is interesting because, well, okay, your, your, your family is essentially gone, so once that's, that's taken care of, you're ready to follow me. Okay. Then we get the third. 
And the third, actually, I was mistaken. The third is also speaking to Jesus first. I will follow you, Lord, but first, before I do that, let me go do this thing. So you get a person at the beginning who says, I'm going to follow you. I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't really care. I'm just going to do it. And Jesus warns them, it's going to cost you everything. Secondly, he says, I want you to follow me. I will once I do this. No, no, like that will take care of itself. Your job is to go and proclaim the gospel. Then the third, I'll follow you once I do this. I'll follow you, but this has to happen first. And so if we take that into our own lights and our own lives, our own considerations, when have we ever just boldly said to God, I'll do whatever you ask? Maybe he's given us a response. Okay, just, just know that this is what I'm really asking of you. Do we, do we know the full impact? Or maybe there's times where God has spoken to us and said, hey, I want you to do this. And we're like, okay, okay, yeah, but um, I got to do this thing here that I think is more important, even though you're God and know everything better than I do. So when have, we, when have we made our own priorities uh, more knowledgeable than God? And then lastly, when have we actually said, I'll do it with this condition? And we've set conditions with God. There's not, the, like the right answer is, to, yes, do what God says. To one, hear God, to respond to him. But there's always going to be, it seems like, some... Something that has to be further converted in our hearts. It would be great if all of us could be the first, first individual who says, I'll follow you, God. I'll follow you regardless of what you ask of me. I'll, re- I'll follow you regardless of what uh, it costs me. But that's not always the case. It'd be great to, to be able to respond to God, to hear that, that call and say, okay, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow you. There's not going to be a condition. There's not going to be an excuse. I'm just going to do it. But our human nature is flawed. It's, it has these things. We're really blessed uh, in our diocese in the last few years to have just seen this increase in vocational calls to the priesthood and also even to the consecrated life with religious sisters. Tomorrow in Rome, two more of our men from our diocese will be ordained as deacons. Sam Anderson, Zane Langenbrunner. And they're part of a class of actually totaling seven. So, so next year we'll have seven men to be ordained as priests. Recently, we, the largest number was six, and before that was five. And that's just really great to see that there are people who are responding. But, but beyond just these big vocational calls, it comes down to the everyday, everyday ask of God. God, I'll follow you today regardless of what's going to cost me, regardless of what's going to happen, regardless of all of my excuses and conditions, like, I'm going to follow you. And maybe we need to ask in prayer and just take to prayer in a more serious way, what does it really mean to follow him? What's it really do if I follow him? I, I like to think of it in this way. What's it going to cost me to not follow him? So when people come to confession, they, they confess their sins, and I, and I ask them, like, what would it cost you to give up those sins? You know, 
Maybe, maybe someone confesses gossip and it's always because of the group of people they're around. So I'm like, so maybe you need a different group of people. What's it going to cost you to leave that group? It's going to cost everything. I'm not going to have any friends then. But how is your soul going to be? So for our prayer, the question we can ask today, the question we should examine is, how do I respond to God? One, do I, do I respond? Two, if I do, how do I respond? Do I respond in, a, in an affirmative, okay, I'll do this? Or do I respond with excuses and conditions? And then lastly, what am I willing to allow it to cost me? And is that costing going to be really bad in the grand scheme? Or is it actually going to be really fruitful in the grand scheme? So, yeah, beautiful, beautiful breakdown of just different invitations. Knowing that God always has ones for us. He always has an invitation. But how do we respond? Are we responding? And what's it cost us in that response?